0: Safety. It is something that is on everyone's minds as the violence in our city is front and center in the news. During the pandemic, Chicagoans have seen an uptick in carjackings and other violent crimes. Some neighborhoods on Chicago's north side, they've decided that the police department is not doing enough. So they've hired a private security company to patrol their streets. So far, the armed guards are watching over part of Bucktown. And later this month, they'll also patrol the Fullerton area of Lincoln Park. We want to hear from you on this. If you are a resident of Bucktown or Lincoln Park, or if you generally have thoughts about these new private security patrols, give us a call now at 866-915-WBEZ. Again, that's 866-915-WBEZ. And joining us now to discuss is reporter Quinn Myers. He covers Wicker Park, Bucktown and Westtown for Block Club Chicago. Welcome, Quinn.
1: Hey, Sasha. Good morning.
0: So Bucktown's had this uh, private security service. It's called P4 Security Solutions since December. What prompted them to hire this company?
1: Well, it kind of started uh, in the pandemic when uh, Bucktown, as well as we should note, the entire city really saw a spike in carjackings and robberies. Um, A group of neighbors in Bucktown started getting together and decided they wanted to hire an additional level of security in their neighborhood, uh, specifically private armed security guards. Um, So I started reporting on this in December when I started hearing rumors about this, heard from a few concerned residents and citizens in a specific area of Bucktown, just north of North Avenue and just east. East of um, Damon Avenue, um, and uh, they are—they formed a group called the Bucktown Neighbors Association, and they decided to pool funds and hire private security guards.
0: So, if I'm walking down a street in Bucktown, Quinn, what will I see? What does this security presence look like?
1: Sure. So, I, I believe P four has two. Um, Patrols going at one time. Um, they are kind of these small SUVs who are driving around, um, and pretty much they are just kind of uh, looking, driving around alleys and streets, um, keeping an eye on things. I guess you would say. Um, a lot of what they do, the company has told me so far, is telling people to close their garage doors if they forgot to close their garage door, um, or if there's an unattended package on the street, or if there's a three one one call uh, that needs to be made. So it really kind of goes beyond just looking uh, quote for bad guys," is what one of their vice presidents told me um they are kind of uh you know looking out for all kinds of neighborhood issues I guess um and I think they're uh so far their contact with actual crime has been pretty low is my understanding so so if they
0: do see someone stealing a package for instance from your front step can they stop them or and get your package back or what a good what question is it that they so-
1: do so they do not, this is really important to note, they do not have arrest powers um, and they cannot really detain someone. Their power, all they can really do, they're kind of a eyes on the street. They call 911 if they see a crime happening. Um, they uh, often are off-duty police officers, but they cannot actually arrest someone. Um, so they can um, perhaps follow that person. If they see someone stealing a package, they can call the police. Um, but it is my understanding that they cannot arrest that person and similar to if they encounter a crime, they do not have arrest powers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I believe if they can only use their weapons in life-threatening situations is, is kind of what has been spelled out to me.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, this Bucktown Neighbors Association, this group is paying for the security?
1: That's right. So... Um, they formed a nonprofit um, last year, um, as have other neighborhoods um, who are doing similar things. Um, and they are raising money. And it's it's quite a lot of money. Um, one estimate I saw right before this went to effect um, was that they were paying around $330,000 a year uh, for this private security, which is every day, um, for a whole year. Uh, that number may have changed since that initial uh, number that I saw last December. Um, but they were asking neighbors to chip in to cover those costs um, at varying levels, um, some up to several thousand dollars. Dollars uh, to chip in to pay for that, um, and then a group in Lincoln Park that has been considering doing this a similar program with P four. Uh, one estimate we saw was around one hundred seventy five thousand dollars, and they were asking neighbors to chip in around twelve hundred dollars each, uh, each per household, to um, to pay for that. Um, so yeah, it, it's quite expensive, um, yeah. and um, you know this is. Uh, Constantly, you know, they are two security guards in Bucktown. So those numbers do do add up.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, over the weekend, the Bucktown Neighbors Association, which uh, is, of course, as we mentioned, that newly formed group that hired P4 Security, they sent us a list of uh, frequently asked questions about the new security patrols, as well as a statement. Now, the statement reads in part, There's peace of mind knowing that security professionals have eyes on our streets and can report and follow up with residents about safety concerns ranging from open garage doors and package theft to suspicious activity. The patrol program has also been a great opportunity for neighbors to meet each other and strengthen relationships among one another. What do you think about that statement, Quinn?
1: Um I I think that, that uh the neighbors who have organized this, that could very well be true. Um I think um you know there's some open questions about accountability here. I have talked to several neighbors uh about this, um uh, more than several I would say. Some who are very supportive, some who say You know, we don't actually know how effective this is, but it is nice having that peace of mind to see a security guard driving down the street, especially as the neighborhood Bucktown and the surrounding area. And as we said, the entire city has seen a rise in carjackings and robberies over Mm -hmm. the past few years. Um, Others have serious concerns i mean they live in an area where a group of private citizens and neighbors have made the decision to put armed private security guards on their streets without you know not without a unanimous um vote i guess um and you know we we accept living in chicago that there are going to be police officers on police officers on our street i think everyone um is knows that and is aware of uh, at least somewhat of how police operate but when you know a private security, a private neighborhood group is making that decision. I think it raises some accountability questions. And even the mayor has raised concerns about, um, you know, the liability of some of these uh, patrols in Bucktown and Lincoln Park and elsewhere.
0: Yeah, she says that uh, they don't have the authority to patrol our streets.
1: Yeah, and it depends on what, you know, what do you mean by authority? Um, they do have the authority to patrol our streets. Uh, in 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 a, in a sense, they can provide what they're doing in Bucktown. They can drive around and provide that peace of mind. They do not have the authority to make arrests. So I think that authority really depends on what you mean by that. But they uh, they cannot act like on-duty police officers, as I, th- I think is what the mayor is saying there.
0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And we are talking with Quinn Myers, a reporter for Block Club Chicago. And we're discussing a new private security guard Uh, initiative. They're patrolling the Bucktown and Lincoln Park neighborhoods. Now, a reminder, if you're a resident of Bucktown or Lincoln Park listening right now and you have thoughts about this, give us a call, 866-915-WBEZ. Again, that is 866-915-WBEZ. Now, we've got one Bucktown resident who's ready to share her thoughts with us right now. Angela Eastland is a public health researcher at the nonprofit Health and Medicine Policy Research Group. Hi, Angela. Welcome to Reset.
2: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: Tell us, how do you feel about these patrols in your area? And I'm especially curious to know how you feel about chipping in to pay somewhat of, you know, $1,200 for this.
2: Well, I am not a contributor to the fund. I I have unfortunately not had an opportunity to talk with my neighbors behind this effort just yet. Um, And of course, no one deserves to feel unsafe anywhere in Chicago or in our neighborhood, but... From a public health standpoint through which I view our city, an effort such as this quite clearly called out to me the further widening of the divide in Chicago from both an economic and public safety perspective.
0: What do you mean by that?
2: Well, I think when it comes to the complexities of public safety, I'm no expert, but I do believe that it is a collective responsibility and not a privilege of those that can afford it. Mm -hmm. And what concerns me is not only the precedent that it sets, but also the statement it makes about the values we hold as a greater Chicago community.
0: What have you heard from from any of your neighbors? I know you haven't talked to this group in particular that's behind the uh, initiative, but what's everyone else saying to you?
2: Yeah, I've heard a lot of concern about the scope of practice and who really gets to feel safe and welcome in our neighborhood. My partner and I decided to live here largely because of the convenient access to the beautiful 606 Trail, which is a public space that everyone should feel welcome to enjoy. And I think, you know, it's just... It it feels as someone put it in Quinn's latest article, like it's a gated community within a public city.
0: <laughs> you you said that you're concerned that uh seeing these security vans or these SUVs are gonna make people feel unwelcome. Talk more about that even.
2: Yeah, I think when it comes to you know public safety, it is just that. It's it's all about the public. It it demands consensus and democracy and a democratic approach to who's going to be patrolling our streets and who's going to be accountable for what happens within that system. So I think there's already a lot of, of serious issues about it, profiling and bias that are, we have to, to contend with within our current public safety system. And so adding a, a private firm on top of that that has even less public accountability it rises, raises major concerns for yeah. me. Well,
0: who, who do you think is responsible for keeping our neighborhoods safe, Angela? Angela?
2: yeah I think it's an all hands on deck situation it's It's hard work of collaboration and community building and it there's so many groups and individuals that are already engaged in that work um and I don't think it's it's necessarily the right response to to have private security layered on to to the the systems that we have in place already
0: there's a there's a private slack channel where Bucktown residents can actually communicate directly with p four security. Have you used that before? Did you know it existed?
2: No, I did not know it existed.
0: Do you feel like something like that is, is a good enough line of communication with, with you and the security guards?
2: I guess no, because, you know, there, there's folks that come into our neighborhood to enjoy the trail, to enjoy the businesses around here. So I'm I'm not sure that, you know, just having access to the neighbors is enough.
0: And uh, you research public health for your job, as I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Angela. You think public health and safety are connected
2: to one another? Oh, definitely. It's it's one of the major factors of of what we call the social determinants of health, and and public safety safety in general is is one of those um, one of the largest factors of of health and well being.
0: Yeah. So you said uh, an all hands on deck approach is what's needed here. I wonder if not these private security guards, Angela, what do you feel is a good alternative here in your neighborhood, given what's going on?
2: Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just one person with one, one perspective. So I don't think I can speak to to the solutions to the complex problem of, of, you know, approaching public safety. But um, I think it involves more of us coming together in intentional and, and collaborative way. I think, that involves engagement, and it, it can't be a, a stand by the sidelines kind of situation, especially in a in an affluent you know neighborhood such as Bucktown. We have to be a little bit more accountable to one another and and I, I totally get that this is um, the response of one one group of of our neighbors, but I think you know i I would recommend that we reflect on on the statement that this makes and and if there's a possibly a better way.
0: Angela Eastland is a public health researcher and a resident of Bucktown. Angela, thank you so much for, for checking in with us. Thank you. Block Club Chicago's Quinn Myers is still here. Quinn, how does what Angela said compare to what you've been hearing from other folks in Bucktown?
1: Um, I think it tracks with a good amount of people I've talked to. Um, I know, and there are also people who say, um, you know, they haven't paid for it, but they think it's fine if other people want to pay for it. There are people who say, um, it's great, we feel like we um are safer um I think it's a little too soon to look at any data that actually you know that would actually back that up if, if crime has gone down in this area mm-hmm. um p four when I talked to them did cite that um crime has risen more slowly in this area since their patrol started. I think it is a little too soon to to you know to uh see if that actually Tracks and long term. Um and but in the 14th police district where Bucktown is, um robberies have increased quite substantially um so far this year compared to last year. Carjackings are about even. Mm-hmm. Um so I think it is the larger question when we talk about public safety here. I think perception is a really important factor here. How we not only how we perceive crime, but how we um think about it. Like, you know, if if I if someone gets carjacked. Tomorrow, they're not going to care that carjackings are down citywide, right? Like it's still happening to them. Um, But vice versa, if you're hearing about carjackings in the news but you never see one, I think that can affect your um, how you think about public safety and how you think about police and how you want uh, your neighborhood patrolled by this group or police. So I think it's 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 a tricky thing how we think about safety versus the actual you know, facts on the ground, I think.
0: Now, reminder, you can join the conversation by calling 866-915-WBEZ. We want to hear from you whether you live in Bucktown or you live in Lincoln Park or anywhere else in the city of Chicago. Again, that number is 866-915-WBEZ. Let's jump to the phones, Quinn. Here's Tammy in South Shore. Hi, Tammy. Welcome to Reset.
3: Hey, how are you? Uh, thanks so much for having this conversation.
0: Sure, sure. What, what are your thoughts on it? How are you feeling about private security guards patrolling neighborhoods?
3: Uh, I think private security guards uh, patrolling neighborhoods is um, is a, a, a great opportunity for those that can afford that. You know, uh, I guess on the south and west sides, uh, that is not something that, you know, we are afforded. Um, just getting regular policing is something that we're attempting to grab hold to. Um, It's unfortunate that it's kind of a chickens coming home to roost uh, type of situation on the North Shore and north sides of Chicago. Um, Here on the south and west sides, We don't get community policing. We're not getting resources for the uh, individuals that are engaging in crime and, you know, idle hands, if you will, uh, from the uh, mayor's office. But this has been a generational thing. And over time, the crime that's been pervasive on the south and west sides was eventually going to spill its banks. And so seeing how the North Shore deals with this situation Mm -hmm. and the mayor's response is going to be something that's going to be really interesting. I mean, eventually you're going to run out of sticks and you're going to need carrots. Uh, to try to pull together communities from all over the city to solve this sustained cancer that's really affecting all of us.
0: Thank you for your call, Tammy. Uh, Some interesting insight there, basically saying public safety sounds like it might be only available to the wealthy when you consider this, uh, this option. Quinn, what I'm trying to wrap my mind around is the fact that these companies are allowed to patrol, even though not everyone from the community itself wants them.
1: Mm hmm. -hmm. Well, I just to to speak on Tammy's point, the mayor uh, a few weeks ago when we reported this story uh, out, um, she said, we don't want to have a circumstance where public safety is only available to the wealthy. And I think to Tammy's point, hasn't that always been the case in Chicago? Hasn't the haven't the wealthy always had more access to public safety, whether it be private security, as we're seeing now, Mm -hmm. um, or You know, just better police resources, better funded police districts, more, uh, police presence in their neighborhoods. So I think that is, this is, that's kind of the existential question that this gets at. Um, you know, uh, when I was talking to an alderman, local alderman, Brian Hopkins about this last December, um, he called it an indictment of our government, um, an indictment of failure of police, um, in some ways. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that's kind of the question we're asking ourselves, like, is, has it gotten to this point where um, public safety has, our public safety mechanisms have failed us to the point where we need um, private security guards? And one other point to um, Tammy, you know, speaking about the South and West sides, how they don't have access to this. There actually was for um, two decades a private security patrol in Marquette Park. I, I don't have too many details on it, but it was funded a little differently. It was funded through a special service area okay. uh, property tax on um, homeowners in the small section of Marquette Park in the Southwest side. And they funded a, private security patrol um, that ended in 2018. Um, for various reasons, the alderman said um, they couldn't um, get a hold of enough homeowners to decide if we wanted to go forward. The private security company said it was greatly effective um, you know, in the years that they were there, um, but the alderman wasn't so sure and said it hasn't made a huge difference since then. So that is one, one example of um, this existing in kind of a different way um, outside of some of the uh, more affluent neighborhoods on the north north side, but the more the more recent ones that we are seeing are in Bucktown, like in park. um there's a, a p four patrol up uh, on Howard Street near Evanston. um, so they are kind of in in um, wealthier areas for the most part.
0: and joining us now is Paul ohm. He's an executive vice president at p four Security Solutions. That's the firm that manages these private security patrols. Hi, Paul, welcome to reset.
4: Hi, Sasha. Thank you, and thank you for having me.
0: So when it comes, uh, when someone comes to you right and, and they 're requesting security what 's the process from there on out for figuring out a security plan for them
4: so the, the first thing they need to do is uh, form an association and and it 's through that association where they would hire us it 's through that association where they uh, you know grow their funds and and we have the contract with the association. Uh, the first thing that we do in assessing the area is you know, we'll take one of our, our, our marked vehicles down. Our vehicles are equipped with inward, outward facing cameras, GPS locators, uh, and software where we can track the vehicles. So we'll go and we'll drive the areas, in essence, do, do a patrol to see how long uh, it takes to traverse whatever area that they want us to uh, go into. And then uh, we'll make our assessments. We'll look at some crime data and then based off the hours of uh, where, you know, crime happens mostly. And then we'll make some recommendations as to hours as, uh, you know, when we should be there to make the program as effective as possible.
0: You're hiring off-duty police officers to staff these patrols. How do you decide who to hire?
4: So, uh the Illinois State has a requirement for a peace officer to work in capacity as off-duty or retired. Uh, it's on what's called a VPAC form. So that has to for active duty officers, that has to be signed off on for their department. Uh, if they come to us, uh, we make them get a VPAC to verify their employment as a peace officer for the state regulation. Uh, then we conduct an interview process. And uh, through, after that process, uh, we make a determination of uh, who to hire and, and where to offer them uh, opportunities to work.
0: Are you giving them training? We do have training.
4: Uh, we do an orientation when they come on with us. In, in addition to that, because our off-duty and retired work armed, we have a uh, use-of-force continuum. Every every department or entity that has peace officers has their own use-of-force uh, continuum, but we have ours. Uh, it's an online uh, program that they have to go through, and basically it talks about verbal de-escalation, um, and and the steps that they would take in order to uh, ease the situation.
0: Can you make clear for us uh, P4's relationship with the Chicago police? Like, What kind of communication do you have with the police department?
4: We reach out to uh, the police department, not only Chicago, but anywhere that we work where we have armed personnel. We'll reach out to the local departments. Uh, the districts that we're operating in will uh, speak to. In most times, it's a, a business liaison or a beat sergeant that's specific to that area. We make them uh, known. We make known that our presence will be there. That our officers are going to be armed. Uh, we tell them about the data that we're collecting, as far as just information off the uh, the Slack channels uh, that we can uh, share with them if there's uh, if there's a need. And we tell them if there's anything we can do for them to, to reach out. So we have an ongoing communication. It's not, I wouldn't call it a partnership or anything. We're, we're independent. and uh, But we do have open communication and, and share information.
0: And your security guards are armed. Is that necessary?
4: Well, most off-duty or retired law enforcement officers uh, only work armed uh, details. Uh, it, it's it's necessary in that, you know, we're, we're in the city, it's for personal protection, it's for uh, life safety only. Uh, our use of force continuum is very clear on that. And um, to, to we, we feel that off-duty or retired law enforcement with all the years of training and all the years of experience is the highest level professional that you can have in that role. And uh, you always want the de-escalation and the uh, opportunities to have, you know, uh, verbal uh, conversations that don't escalate into physical, uh, uh, you know, physical situations.
0: What type of weapons are they carrying?
4: Uh, handguns, uh, semi-automatic handguns or revolvers, depending on the officer's preference.
0: I want to jump to the phones. We've got people standing by waiting to join our conversation. Here is Jake in Logan Square. Hi, Jake. Welcome to Reset. Hi, how are you? Doing well. Hey, thanks. What are your thoughts?
3: Um I think I I'm kind of just digesting all of it. My kids go to school in Bucktown. Um and I'm wondering a few things. Like one is uh what is this this group that's been established. I understand it's been fairly relatively newly established. I'm just wondering like to whom are these benefits flowing? Who is responsible for signing off on these contracts? Um and uh to whom does the uh uh security company uh answer to in terms of fulfilling their ends of the bargain and providing services. Great uh, question. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate your call. Paul, can you take on those? Sure.
4: So uh you know, as I stated the uh the, the neighborhood forms an association, the contract is with uh the neighborhood association. Uh you know, who we're beholden to, I mean there's uh, security is very highly regulated, uh, state by by the state of Illinois. Uh, we also have to operate within uh, local statutes uh, regarding to the areas that we're in, be it Chicago or any uh, suburban area. So we're again beholden to uh, state regulations for security professionals and also uh, laws within the uh, areas that we operate in.
0: Let's hear from Theo, who's a former Lincoln Park resident. Hi, Theo.
5: Hey, thanks for having me. Um, I'm I'm uh, kind of confused a bit because just recently we heard our mayor state that private businesses are responsible or should be responsible for the theft and crime that's happening within their stores and having cameras and their own private security to protect them versus our Chicago police. So, what is the difference for a private citizen or community? then follow through with the mayor's direction and saying hey it's your environment your place you should be protecting it Um, because as we know criminals don't really follow any of the laws or rules so they migrate from one neighborhood to another so they're not you know isolated to specific areas and and of course they migrate to wealthy areas because that's where the you know their highest return on their crime is so I I don't understand the contradiction and why people aren't supportive of the mayor and her direction for
1: businesses, but private citizens can't have the same thing.
0: Quinn Myers is still with us from Block Club Chicago. Do you want to weigh in there, Quinn?
1: Sure. I think that's a good question that I'm not exactly – I don't exactly know the answer to. I would say a private store, a private business owner, you have – that is your jurisdiction only. You um, can decide your safety levels and you can put in cameras, you can do higher private security. Um, if you live in a neighborhood and a group of your neighbors are hiring armed security guards to patrol your streets, but you are not you know, weighing in on that or you're not giving money, um, then I think that raises some questions over um, you know, the jurisdiction of, of that. I, I think that's kind of all I, I could say on that. I think there is a difference between the residential patrols where there's hundreds of people living in the neighborhood versus one individual store. Um, but I think that is a valid question to put to the mayor, who has um, talked a fair amount about private security at um, along the Mag Mile, especially downtown, as so we've seen um, an increase in robberies.
0: Paul, how do you make sure that your, your officers are being ethical and, and, and following the laws since your company isn't overseen by by the city like the police are?
4: Yeah, so, you know, like I, I mentioned earlier, we have you know, a camera. The technology in a vehicle is is pretty robust. So we have uh, inward-outward-facing cameras. Uh, they're GPS located. We geofence the area so if the vehicle leaves the area. Uh, and that all feeds back into our operations center. So if the vehicle leaves the area, we would be made, you know, notification right away. That also gives us a level of oversight. So we can check in on those vehicles at any given time. Uh, we have regular open communication with the neighborhoods. We have town hall meetings uh, in person. We do hybrid in person via Zoom or just via Zoom. Uh, We meet with the board members on a regular basis, and then we open up to a larger group. Mm -hmm. So anybody who wants to participate or ask questions, if there is an issue or there is a situation with a resident uh, and we're made aware of it, we can go back. We can check through the video that we have, and we take uh, any type of uh, personnel issues uh, within compliance from our HR standards.
0: What if it goes beyond personnel issues Paula is there an accountability task force that's that would be equivalent to the one that CPD has? because God forbid if, well, the, if one of your if one of your guards shoots someone, what happens there?
4: right so if, 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 if God forbid that were, were to happen, then obviously that would become a Chicago police matter and we would be again beholden to the police investigation and you know we would fully cooperate if anything escalated to that point. But anything uh, in that sense that would happen, we would definitely, uh, you know, be, be, you know, within the jurisdiction of the Chicago police to do the investigation.
0: Let's take one more call here. Uh, here's Anne in Hyde Park. Hi, Anne. Welcome to the show. Hi.
2: Oh, thanks. Um, I guess I just my comment goes along with this idea of um, how the private security firms work in the neighborhood, because I live in Hyde Park where we've accepted that the University of Chicago – has not only its own police department, but now more recently, and I don't know how recent this is, is there black SUVs with, like, green neon lights that have university security on the side? So that's, like, an added layer. And we also yeah. have people on the corners. So I think here we just accept it because we know the university needs to um, project safety. But I would wonder, like, your question about, you know, what if these security firms shoot somebody? We also have a lot of public schools in Hyde Park with young kids who could just be goofing around and like how having such you know added layers of security just affects the the regular community not the community that
3: they're technically right. there to
2: protect.
0: Yeah, good point like, there yeah. and 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 Paul, we should be clear. P4 is is the uh is the company that uh, works with uh private university of Chicago police, is that right?
4: Uh yeah, we are doing patrols at Hyde Park, correct.
0: So, can you talk about that? The impact on the neighborhood?
4: Yeah, so, you know, it, it, I guess to continue on the path of accountability, you know, when, when I talk about communication, we, we do quarterly business reviews. Uh, we review any type of situation or issue that was brought to our attention. You know, our, our goal there, what we're there to do is observe, uh, report, and deter. Those are the main factors. So if, if, if we see something, uh, we observe it, we can report it down, and then our main role is to be a deterrent to crime. If we come across a crime that's happening in lot, you know, real time, we call nine one one immediately. But in uh, the having the presence of our vehicle and the awareness of a security officer that has the level of experience that our off duty retired officers have, uh, you're coming into a situation where more than likely, what is going, to, what is what is occurring is going to stop, uh, and we're calling the police right away. Yeah. If uh, if, they, if it doesn't end, then we go into our use of force continuum, which starts with, you know, showing our presence, verbal commands, and so on and so forth.
0: Paul Ohm is executive vice president at P4 Security Solutions. We appreciate you making the time, Paul.
4: Yeah, thank you. For, if I could add one more thing. Sure. I, I think in hearing, hearing the, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the conversation prior to me getting on, we, we, are, we are very open to this type of dialogue. And we feel very strongly. You know, we feel as this grows for us, this is uh, not only do we have the uh, responsibility to do a good job, but we feel obligated to get involved with the community. So I would encourage anybody in these neighborhoods, when you see that we're having these uh, open meetings, please attend. Uh, we we are here to answer your questions. We want to be a contributor and a partner within these communities. We're all, you know, born and raised Chicago, Chicagoans, and we we. We don't view this as the solution to what's going on, but we certainly feel that we're a viable part of the solution. And, and I appreciate you having me on to have this dialogue. And uh, I would encourage anybody as we go forward uh, within these neighborhoods to, uh, to get involved and, and, and come to these open forums to, to you know, be part of, of the solution with us.
0: Thank you, Paul. Take care. Final thoughts here from Quinn Myers, who reported on this for Block Club Chicago. Do you think it's going to catch on in other neighborhoods, Quinn?
1: Um, well, when I you know I talked to Paul a few weeks ago, um, and I think I think uh, he said that it is catching on. Other neighborhood, other people are reaching out to them. I've, of course, there's a pretty uh, you know steep price, uh, which you have to raise, and you have to get a lot of neighbors on board. Um, so I do think it is catching on. Um, so I think this will, this is a piece now of our of the public safety conversation in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, like it or not, I think this is kind of here to stay as we do continue to see um, high crime numbers. And I think um, it's worth having a conversation if this is part of the solution or not. And I certainly think, um, you know, private citizens putting armed private security guards on residential streets deserves scrutiny. um, And it deserves having conversations like this.
0: Quinn Myers is a reporter for Block Club Chicago covering Wicker Park, Bucktown and Westtown. Quinn, thank you so
1: much. Thanks, Sasha.
0: Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.